On a recent episode, I referred to Miami's defensive backfield as a deep group, and I got called out. So, guys, let's settle this. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another Saturday special. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including pregame and postgame for Miami Hurricanes football. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe audio and subscribe on YouTube as well. So I referred to, I think it was last week, I talked about Miami's defensive backfield being a deep group, and I got some pushback in the comments. So let's talk about it, guys, because I really do think there's a lot of talent and a lot of opportunity. Now, something I do get is you look at the defensive stats last year. They weren't good in any area. Tackling, terrible, rushing yards, passing yards given up. Uh, and, of course, we focus on passing yards when we talk about cornerbacks and safeties. Miami gave up 250.4 passing yards per game last year. That was 102nd nationally. Now, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into that besides the defensive backs because Miami's pass rush was underwhelming as well, which contributes. But let's talk more about this. Let's bring on a very good friend of mine. This guy's a staple when it comes to Hurricanes coverage. Vishnu Parasaraman is with us. You see where to follow him on Twitter at VRP2003, editor of Sebastian's Pub, which is an awesome Canes blog, contributor on the Five Reasons Sports Network as well. Vish, how you been, sir? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing really well. And listen, I'm just hoping we can play some baseball pretty soon. We're we're recording this on Saturday. Uh, Miami's game against Canisius, we think, is finally going to happen at 5 p.m. today on Saturday. So we'll we'll circle back to that. But let's start with the cornerbacks, Vishnu. Now, Miami's best corner last season, clearly Tyreek Stevenson, and he is back. Daryl Porter transfers in from West Virginia. He's a candidate to start along with Stevenson this year. Marcus Clark started a lot last season. He's back. DJ Ivy, he's been a liability. He did have a really good spring for what that's worth. So maybe he'll be on the up and up. He could be like a candidate for most improved player because, you know, you start at the bottom and you get better. Uh, Isaiah Dunson had a really nice spring. Al Blade Jr. coming back from injury. I thought Miami also recruited well at this position for the class of 2022. You bring in Kamari Rogers, Chris Graves, and Jaden Harris coming in as true freshmen. So let's start there at corner, Vish. Do you, was it fair for me to call this group deep? How do you feel about this group of players? So I, I do think it's deep. Um, it's just that it's unsettled, and I think that's why people are you just went through a bunch of options. You didn't actually mention someone who I think we might see start, which is to Corey Couch um, yes. as well. Um, I know a lot of people were down on him after last year. If you recall his first year, he was awesome. He was our best corner. Um, yeah. and, and so I, I think there's just so many quality options there. It's hard to imagine them not getting some kind of some semblance of a, of a solid rotation. Um, and I will say if we start deep digging deep into the freshman pool, that's probably not a great sign um, just because that means that, you know, all the names you mentioned there was like five or six names, all are not good options. So then we had to get in. So, so I think that I, I think that would be more likely the case than a freshman comes on. It's just such a lockdown. Like this guy has to start. Um, so 
I'd say that'd probably be a warning sign. But you mentioned between, I mean, people don't remember that Al Blades, I mean, he had a COVID impact that lingered. Um, he was yeah. not healthy last year when he played. So, you know, some of these some of these kids showed a lot two years ago. And then last year, like you said, the whole defense cratered and and they were victims of that. So but I I think definitely Tyreek Stevenson's gonna be starting. Um and then after that, I think it's it's pretty wide open. Now the the West Virginia guy Porter, um, he's more of a slot nickel guy, but we're probably gonna. I mean, that's the way football is now. That's your base defense essentially. So, so he's probably he'll probably start there. And then I think the other corner is wide open, but I, I do like the Corey Couch to kind of lock that down. And what do we think about the coaching as well? Now you know Miami, uh, at least on paper, very well coached at DB last year with T-Rob, uh, now with Jamila Adai this year, I would say as good, possibly even better. So how much can coaching impact that group? I think a lot, um, but I, I would actually challenge, though, was well-coached last year based on the performance. because That's why the, I said on paper, yeah. Well, well, I mean, and this is not a knock on T-Rob, who's obviously a well-respected coach that has done well everywhere. That unit and that coaching staff was broken as a collective. You cannot individually perform well when your collective is broken. You can right. do and and that defense, like you you read some of the stats off, and we could do the same thing talking about the rushing yards given up, right? That yeah. defense broke. It broke at the end of the 2020 season, and then they doubled down on it. Um, and it got worse, which is not surprising. Um, I mean, North Carolina running for 700 yards should have been uh, we gotta blow this up, we gotta look at our schemes, we gotta look at what we're doing, because this isn't acceptable. And other than moving some deck chairs around and kind of ushering Blake Baker out the door. Nothing really changed because Manny Diaz took over the scheme. So it was basically running the same stuff that at that point, it was his third year as head coach, but he'd also been there as, under Mark Rick. So the ACC had adjusted to his defenses and he hadn't been, you know, if you look at, at the good coaches that have staying power and you look at their team and then you look at two or three years down the road, they're not running the same stuff. Right. Right. And we were. And and all those blitzes that like embarrassed Notre Dame and, 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 you know, we all love that game did not work three years later when everyone knew how to pick them up and exploit it. And so I think the scheme was broken. So, you know, you can coach the defensive back. Well, the scheme is broken. He's not going to perform well and it's going to look bad. And I think that was what happened last year. So I wouldn't re read too much into any of the kind of performances last year. And obviously the coaching staff as a whole has taken a massive leap forward. I mean, our linebackers coach is someone that if, you know, five or six years ago, we'd named the head coach. We've been like, that's all right. We are good with that one. Right. He's the linebackers coach. So, so, I mean, this is, so I expect a lot better just individual performance because I think the collective will be stronger. Now, how do you expect is when we talk about uh, passing yards, give it up stats. Uh, a lot of it also comes from how much pressure you're generating. So, uh, and Miami had a disappointing year pass rushing last year. They've certainly brought in reinforcements in the transfer portal at defensive end. I mean, I think Mesidor is going to have maybe, to me, maybe the biggest impact of any of the transfers that Miami is bringing in. Uh, brought in a couple of other pass rushers, Agude from UCLA. So do you expect uh, more, just more complimentary football on that defense? Do you think that the pass rush is going to step up this year? Uh, yeah, it'll be better, I think. And and last year was the first year in a long time we didn't have that elite defensive end, right. um, which I think also hurt the whole defense because we were kind of relying on, you know, forced double teams on the defensive end for some of those blitzes to work. And when they don't have to do that, it's easy to pick them up. It's easy then you got time to throw against a defensive backfield that is not, does not protect it because we've blitzed the safeties, we've blitzed a corner. So it's, 
it, it is always a collective. So yeah, I expect it to be a lot more cohesive. Use the term complementary. Yeah, absolutely. And and we also have a a very veteran defensive coordinator now who is not like when you try to describe the defensive schemes, he doesn't really have a scheme. He adjusts to what he has. So I, I do expect a cohesive unit to show up, um, which I think will help just a lot on the defensive backfield. But in terms of the talent at defensive back, it is it's definitely there. We're going to get to the safeties in a moment. But before we do that, on the corners, uh, I think at least one of the answers to this is very obvious. But give me who you expect to be the standout corner this coming season, which easy one, unless you feel way differently about it. But who's the sleeper going to be? So give me your standout this year and the sleeper. I mean, the standout is obviously, I think, I think Tyre. If it's not Tyreek Stevenson, that's <laughs> actually, you know what? If it's not, that's probably a good thing. Oh, that means okay. someone has stepped up. So I don't, there's no way Tyreek Stevenson's not going to be good. Yeah. Like he's not going to forget how to play football. Um, yeah. So if he's not our best corner, that's a great sign. He will be though. <laughs> but, but if he's not, then it's then that's a great side. Turns a sleeper. I really like Dunson. He, I think he's Good someone call. that can step into the into the rotation there and play. I still think Couch will start, but I think we'll see Dunson play a lot. And and I, I think he's someone that by the end of the year might be starting. Yeah, Dun- Dunson is my answer. All right. So when we come back, let's talk about the safeties. And I think that a couple of the most, maybe a few of the most talented players on the entire team play safety for the University of Miami. And we're also going to read you guys' tweets on who you expect to be the standouts and the safeties in the defensive backfield. want to remind you guys, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. I'm on betonline.net literally every day. That's where you find all the latest sports developments, news, odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup. We'll see if the Warriors can bounce back and win a game at home. NHL Hockey Conference Finals. Excuse me, I got a little frog in my throat. I think I'm under the weather. The weather's so bad here. But it always feels like nice weather when I'm on betonline.net. Get Major League Baseball odds and, of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. BetOnline is where I it's where I get all my Miami odds, over under eight and a half wins, plus 500 to win the ACC. Check it all out, guys. Head, on, head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Here on the Locked On Podcast Network, I'm Alex Dono on Locked On Canes alongside Vishnu Parasuraman. Uh, Vish from Sebastian's Pug blog, Sebastian's Pub blog. He's the editor there, also from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Let's talk about the safeties. Where again, I think some of the best players on the team play safety. James Williams, stud. Avante Williams, stud. Cam Kinchins, stud. Uh, and Miami also landed for for the future. I don't know how much we'll see him this year. Uh, Markeith Williams, the four star that they got in the class of 2022, I, I like a lot as well. What's your outlook on the safeties? Yeah, this is like a this is like first world problems, right? Like who who doesn't start or do you, you got to? I almost feel like you got to figure out a way to get the three of them on the field. I mean, those three yeah. guys are. So maybe you move. I mean, there might be some linebacker issues, so maybe you put one of them down the box a little bit or you know, go with the bigger nickel package where you're playing three safeties. But, like, yeah, you can't – it's hard. I think James Wynn's probably the most the, – the the best suited to kind of maybe move into the box in some some formations. But, yeah, between Kitchens and both Williams, like, it is it is stacked back there. We haven't had a safety group like this probably in 20 years in terms of just – there's no drop-off to the backup. Because um, we certainly right. had great safeties, but then it's like if that guy goes, then we're screwed. But in this case, we have three – 
three of the best safeties in the ACC. So I, I don't know. I think the challenge is going to be making sure we we fit them all together because you don't want any of those guys not on the field. Um, and actually, this was talked about uh, during spring. There's, you know, you got to get your best players on the field. All right, well, here's a challenge then because the yeah. three of them, the, they might be the three best players on the defense. Um, they play the same position. So, yeah, safety is completely loaded. And and so I, 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 I think that it will be interesting to see because I think they're going to try and get them all on the field together. So how do we do that? All right, so what's the verdict then? Because, again, I, I got called out for referring to Miami's defensive backfield as a deep group. So I, I think as, as we've discussed, you know, m- maybe there's like fewer stands, standouts at corner, but there's a lot of serviceable looking guys several standouts at safety is it fair to say this is a deep group it's absolutely a deep group this is this is not questionable especially um and and here here's here's where you can you can kind of you know spike the football so if you took this group and you know take away the baggage of the coaching we've had in the past you would be really excited yeah you'd say man look at all this talent but we've seen some of these players underperform, which I chalk up more to the scheme and the coaching from the previous staff than the actual players' ability. If these guys were coming, for example, if someone like Takori Couch or Al Blades transferred in in the portal right now, we'd be like, yes. <laughs> but we have this baggage of we we've seen the past defense struggle, so we look at it and we're like, well, some of these these names look too familiar. I don't like it, but it wasn't. I think we'll I think we'll very quickly realize it wasn't them. Especially like when people keep seeing like DJ Ivy, they get a lot of flashbacks and stuff. Well, but, this yeah. this will be interesting, right? Because I I think we all, I mean, he's obviously been here longer, so there's more history, and I I don't know that he's ever put together like a strong year. Like someone like to Corey Couch, his first year was our best corner. Last year he took a step back, but I think it's pretty easy to visualize him. You know, 2020 to Corey Couch comes back, and we feel a lot better about it. Um, whereas DJ Ivy, I don't think has ever had that strong year even really a series of games but we he's been in the same if you, again mark rick to manny diaz was the same defense maybe it doesn't fit him as well so i wouldn't close the door on anyone you mentioned he supposedly had a great spring you hear that a lot and sometimes it doesn't go anywhere but you know when you change schemes and you change coaches that can make a difference and and none of the guys we recruited were not miami caliber coming in so I, the, the, these were not reaches. These were not, well, we couldn't get who we wanted, so let's go take. Like, DJ Ivy was a big-time recruit. So maybe this staff can unlock his ability. So I wouldn't close the door on anyone. And I think what you'll likely see that, see is as the summer develops, you'll see players step up and start claiming those spots. Um, but it it's certainly possible DJ Ivy is starting a corner and playing well. Like, that's not that's not a lost cause. He's he's talented. It's just it never clicked for him here, but now he's got an opportunity with not just a new staff, which we feel are better coaches, but just a different scheme. Maybe the old scheme just didn't fit what he's good at, and it and it showed. So, you know, there, there's opportunities for everyone. That's well said. Uh, we got some tweets from you guys as well. And by the way, make sure you follow our show at Locked On Canes. We follow back. If you follow us at Locked On Canes on Twitter, we will hit follow back. Uh, so we asked you guys who's going to be the standout corner, standout safety, which is a little tougher, and then your sleepers in the defensive backfield. Uh, 305 Kane Fanatic says, Reek and James, that's uh, Stevenson and James Williams, he says, are the clear answers, but I could see James being a sleeper at a different position, more in the box, 
and Avante Williams being the star safety for us. Is this the year that Blades gets to be healthy and Ivy puts it all together? I hope so, but can't sleep on Chris Graves either, he said. Uh, Ivan Hood 305 says Tyreek Stevenson, James Williams standouts, and then Isaiah Dunson as his sleeper. And I, I agree with that. I think Vish does as well. Um, and Dopey Boy Status, interesting Twitter handle, but he says uh, Avante Williams. Isaiah Dunson, those are his standouts. So he's going a little off the board for his. And then he's got Daryl Porter Jr. being the sleeper. And we talked about him being more of a being more of a slot guy. So that's really good. I want to get a couple big picture things here from our guest, Vish. Uh, Obviously, offseason, we've been talking a lot about our ACC outlook. I mentioned the betonline.net odds. Miami plus 500 to win the ACC. They are favorites to win the Coastal. Uh, how do you see it playing out for Miami? Do they get to that ACC championship game, Vish? And do you think the ACC is open enough this year that they can, you know, maybe do what Pittsburgh did last year? So short answer is they should. Um, I think on paper, even like this team brought back the best quarterback in, in the conference. So taking the whole coaching change out of it, that already puts you a step forward. And at the end of last year, even with poor coaching and basically no defense, they were winning some games. So you kind of expect, you know, to play better. So when you look at the schedule, it's not bad. Um, there is at Clemson, um, which is which is tough because it's a conference game. So then, you know, that 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 is in potentially if you if you blow another, you know, conference game or two, maybe that could be the deciding factor that Miami had to go play at Clemson and maybe someone they're competing with in the coastal didn't and got an easier game, but that shouldn't come down to that. Cause the, 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 there's no one that looks frankly challenging in the coastal this year. If you look through the teams, they all, most of the top teams from last year, or even like the middle teams that were kind of in the pack, but Miami lost their quarterbacks. Um, so you, you mentioned Pitt, also North Carolina, like, so, so some of the teams you feel like if Miami fumbled, it would step up and pick it up look to not be as strong as they were even last year. So this, this should happen. And then, you know, you're looking at the kind of the, the, the Clemson game, Florida state's at home and frankly look terrible again. So I, I, they haven't made a bowl game in like four or five years. What is it? It's it's, it's insane. It's insane. Oh my gosh. So I I don't actually think that's a concern. I, 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 so if you start looking through, you know, who you have to play at Virginia Tech. It's new coaching staff. We'll see. That could be a challenge potentially. That's always a tough place to play. Um, but overall, doesn't doesn't feel like a tough tough schedule. I mean, A and M is out of conference, but also like I can't. I mean, we've discussed this on on Dono Daily, but but from uh, I, I was born there, um, and I just can't take seriously that we're going to go lose to them. I just can't do it. So. <laughs> I am going to that game, and and uh, we're gonna we better win. I, I need bragging rights. Um, so, so, oh for sure, that I, I want to win it for Vish. Just win it for Vish. That was personal for me, but I just I every my entire life I've heard how this program's gonna take the next step, and they go eight and four, and it's yeah. just like at best, and like they went eight and four last year. So it's nope. like come on, we could win that game. Um, but that doesn't actually affect your conference anyway. But but it could affect bigger picture stuff because the schedule is that easy. Like if you end up you know, 11 and one, 10 and two potential, probably not 10 and two, but 11 and one is, is potentially playoff stuff. If you win the ACC yeah. championship game and, and no, I don't think 
Miami is what you would consider playoff caliber. They're not, they're frankly right. not, yeah, right? Not, but not, not deep enough. Yeah. But there are always one or two teams that you're like, how is this team in the playoffs? That the team that loses to Alabama by 40 in the semifinals, we could be that team. Um, so, <laughs> so, because there's always teams slipping, there's always teams sneaking in the back end. We've seen Notre Dame do it several times. They're not really competitive when they get there, but they've gotten there a few times, right? So there, there's an opportunity there. There's usually one or two teams that, has to make up the numbers because they, they struggle to find four actual like powerhouses. And, you know, if you put the right record out there, I, I, I am, I am might be eating these words. I feel like Clemson's on a downslide. I don't know. I don't, if, if I say which game am I least confident in it's at Clemson later in the season, that's, that's a little bit tougher for me. Um, yeah. The next, the second toughest game is definitely at Texas A&M, but the at, Clemson, the the I guess the advantage there is potentially you play them in November. You go there if you play well, even if you lose, you get them again in the ACC championship game right. a few weeks later. Um, so that opportunity to kind of undo that, that's where if you know, even as potentially 10 and 2, if that's one of the losses, and then you go and immediately make up for it by beating the same team on a neutral site that they might look the other way on if they're looking at two loss teams. That's so, good insight. That's great insight. I hadn't thought of it. I hadn't thought of it from that. I did think about like, hey, the revenge angle. Like, if you lose to them, you may play them again in a couple of weeks. But I hadn't thought about that. That could, if if you do avenge the loss in the rematch, that makes the original loss look a lot better. Yeah, and especially if when they're so close to 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 each other in terms of when the games are played, and you know, one of them's on the road. It, it, that this is all predicated on, of course, winning all or all the other games, and also you know, not getting blown out. If you lose to Clemson by 30 and then come back and win by a field goal, it's going to be like, I don't know, Clemson's better, right? I, mean, if I see the size teams play twice and, you know, over the course of two games. So, um, so, so, you know, you need to, that's another key, right? Even when you lose playing well, because we have not, I mean, last year, even when we won, we didn't play well. And, it, and, and even that winning straight at the end of the year. And I'm like, it's great. We're winning games. We look terrible. Outside of the quarterback, outside yeah. of the quarterback, and a couple of receivers, and and a couple of running backs like Rooster really. Yeah, I mean, we, up, we, yeah. we offensively we played well, but we got a yeah. lot of bounces and breaks to, in that yeah. in that winning streak, including like I mean, you mentioned Pitt, like Kenny Pickett threw that game away. It wasn't our good dude. like those two interceptions he threw. Guys were wide open for touchdowns and he missed them, and those were like his two of his what five interceptions on the entire year, and he just missed yeah. open throws. It wasn't like we fooled him, so. You know, but that that's that's football. You get those breaks, but the goal is to not be in a situation where you need them. So, uh, weather permitting uh, for the Canes baseball fans out there, uh, supposedly five p.m. on Saturday, Miami's finally going to play Canisius. We're obviously recording this before that game happens. So, if anybody watches this after, you're like, how come you didn't talk about you know Miami? What happened to Miami Canisius? Uh, we we can't see into the future. Um, I, I will say, if if you guys have seen uh, viral on Twitter. The milkshake that Mark Light Shake is going to be making for that game, and and Mark Light Shake, they they like to do some like regional type specialty shakes based on the opponent. Canisius is from the Buffalo area, so they're giving like a vanilla milkshake with two chicken wings in it, two buffalo wings in it, hot sauce and celery in there. Uh, it is definitely I'm going to call it a culinary creation oh did you i miss something out you missed one of the ingredients because it got controversial there so oh, did? they originally were adding ranch they got a lot of feedback so now you have the option of ranch or blue cheese so 
Oh my god. So oh well see that is kind of, I, I don't think I want either of those in a vanilla I, milkshake. I don't think I want any of this in a vanilla milkshake, no. to be honest. But no. but they, the original the original recipe called for ranch and they got a lot of feedback and so they now will if you if you go to the game, you're ordering this thing and you want blue cheese, ask for it. Apparently they'll sub it in. Um, oh. so so there, there's that. Yeah, then I think for uh, Ole Miss they did like a hottie toddy, non-alcoholic, unfortunately. Um, and yeah. then uh yeah. For Arizona, like a prickly pear thing. That's on if you look at more. Yeah, the other there. ones actually look good. The, the Canisius yeah. one, it looks like. Uh, and listen, I Mark Light shakes are awesome. I'm just mm. that's not going to be the one that I choose to order. Okay. I mean, it's almost like I can't tell. I mean, I think everyone would agree this is disgusting, right? But yeah, I wonder. How, I bet you they sell a lot of them just because, like, it's almost like you have to order. If you're standing there, you're like, I got to order this thing. You, you, well, because everyone's going to want to put it on their social media. I mean, I just—I would have to try it. I'm like, I got—I mean, I know yeah. this is going to be gross, but like, what am I ever going to get a milkshake with a chicken wing in it? I mean, I got to do this, right? This is a once in a lifetime opportunity here. So. Oh man, you know what? I'm, I'm going to have to have you like one, once we get a little bit farther in the baseball postseason and they've actually played some games. I'd love to bring you back if yeah. you'd love to come back on because because yeah. uh, Vish is so good with the Canes baseball. I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Yeah, Everyone, absolutely. you can see where to follow him on Twitter at VRP2003. Sebastian's pub blog, Five Reasons Sports Network. Thank you so much, man, and enjoy your yeah, weekend. Thank you. You too. Awesome stuff. And guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for the tweets. Make sure you check us out every day. Subscribe to our podcast, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. You can get the video version every single day on YouTube. Just subscribe to Locked on Canes. We will talk to you again next time on Monday for another episode of Locked on Canes on the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.